Thanksgiving is tomorrow. All the great traditions, the turkey, the family, the awkward relative conversations, but of course, the football. We got three great games coming up, and I've just been told that there are other games being played on Sunday as well, so we're going to preview all of those right now. Happy Thanksgiving for those celebrating tomorrow, and let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott Yo. and slinging it from his parents' house, Tom. Hey, everybody. I'm recovering for that, uh, for the record. You're slinging it. I'm recovering from surgery. I don't I don't live here. You're, You're slinging, slinging tuds, dude. I'm slinging tuds. <laughs> slinging. I'm Slanging rock and drinking photos like it wasn't nothing. <laughs> you basically have the Gronk contraption on your arm right now. It, like, I, really it does. It. It's very Gronk-esque. Yeah, yeah. it is. Ha- if you're having trouble picturing it at home, that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> happy to be here a day early for the Week 12 preview episode. Uh, wishing everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving early. Um, but we're too excited. We yeah. had to get the episode. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, like we're on the road. Scott and I are going to be on the road at 1030 tomorrow morning and you know by the by the time we get there it's gonna be like i mean i'm driving you so (laughs) not anymore but uh, (laughs) but, um but yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a great day of football and so we wanted to get this out early um some injury reports for the sunday games obviously are gonna be a little dated um after you know by the time the weekend rolls around so you're just gonna have to follow our account at ruts ff even in a sling no one's Twitter fingers are quicker than Tom's. No, no so one's. we're going to get the <laughs> updates out there with no problem. Well, Tom can still use the Twitter fingers on his sling hand. Tom can tweet through injury with yeah. the best of them. Slinging it. I've just got to angle the other hand down to the to the other hand. I'm sure you haven't figured out already. Yeah. Making beats and slinging tweets. That's Tom. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, let's, let's shut some people down. Shut it down. Uh, shut it down uh, my waistline. This is going to be a, a carnage <laughs> on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, like I might even shutting down not, belts. I might yeah, shut down your belt. Shut down the loop that you typically put your belt on uh, for the week. Uh, the sweatpants holiday. That's why yourself. it's the best holiday. Yeah, um, yeah but, plum pick sweatpants, joggers, uh, <laughs> casual chubbies, naps. <laughs> Let's get to quarterbacks. Uh, Scott, I don't know what you're doing here, but you're shutting down a guy who plays on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I had to get involved, Don, because there's a lot of guys to bring up. I think Matthew Stafford, you know, he's been an old standby for Ruts over the years, but I think this is one to stay away, even on Thanksgiving. Shockingly, Stafford has not gone over our coveted 20-point threshold since week four. Wow. Brutal. Yikes. Just two weeks ago, he only got 15.84 against this team, and he did it while heavily utilizing Carrion Johnson, who will be out for this game. Marvin Jones, too, is unlikely. Both did not practice today. And when you don't have, you know, adequate weapons against a defense of this caliber, I don't think you really stand much of a chance. And uh, for those reasons, man, I think also I feel something in my plums. Thanksgiving Day, Khalil Mack just watched Aaron Donald dominate that game. He's going to show out and try and show everyone that he's the best defensive player in the league. So much to get to with that Rams-Chiefs game, and hopefully we get to break it down a little bit towards the end of the episode if we have time. I completely agree with this, by the way, because I was I was thinking about it. I was like, well, I got to plum pick a quarterback who's playing on Thanksgiving, and it can't be Stafford. No. It can't be Trubisky because he's questionable, really might not play, and won't be at full strength if he does. And so, like, shutting down Stafford, it, I, hate, I hate it out of principle. So but it why? makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, with the with the weapons that he doesn't have with him, it's just going to be too tough on him. I think you know yeah. this defense has been so good. You know, obviously I would trust Galladay because he's just going to soak up targets. Yeah. But for the rest of this offense, I'd be pretty scared. Yeah. Um, I'm going along the same lines. I think Andy Dalton is really not a good look for a guy who might score 20 this week. The Browns have been just giving it up on the ground, and Joe Mixon kind of needs like a get right game. And it's just kind of like a perfect storm for him right now. So I'm thinking Andy Dalton probably has a a pretty hard cap on his production 
going into this game against the Browns. It's a game that the Bengals need, and if they feel like Joe Mixon can just salt the Browns away, one they're going to let him do that. One thing I will say to kind of dissuade this is that if A.J. Green plays in this game, he dominates the Browns and has his entire career. So, you know, he could be, uh, you know, Dalton could be saved on one deep pass to A.J. Green, but it does not look like he's going to play in this game. So I would not be surprised if they went run heavy with Mixon, like you said. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I just think, yeah, I don't know. I'm not trusting Andy Dalton right now with the way that the Bengals have been playing. I mean, had some pretty good matchups and hasn't really just made the most of them, especially without A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd's like a disappearing act right now with hit with his production. He's coming back. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tom, let's go. To He's your... had a couple tough matchups. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to shut down uh, Ryan Tannehill. He's coming back Bold versus move. the Indianapolis Colts. No, I know. But it, you, you look at this and it's the Colts defense. You think, okay, maybe I can get away with one here, but it's a really deep week. Even DFS, even if you're just streaming in a deep league, you don't have to look to Ryan Tannehill. And I mean, he's had one game over 20 points this year, but it was against the Oakland Raiders, which oh. You know, it does not take a lot to do. We're going to no. give you a lot of guys who put up 20 points against, uh, you know, other teams. Indianapolis Colts actually middle of the pack this year. They've, they've been a surprise in a lot of aspects. And defensively, you can kind of clump that in. The offensive line has been the biggest surprise. But defensively, they're not getting beat up the way that you think they would by the quarterback, the way they have been over the past. And Tannehill coming out, you know, rusty first game back. It's not one that I'm excited to play him for. Um, and you know me. I've 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 touted the Tannehill horn before, and sure. this just is not that week. Uh, I think it's a very very deep week in quarterback, and you'll see that through our plum picks and Agreed. the preview itself. Couldn't agree more. How do you guys like the Colts sneaking into the playoffs this year? I mean, at this point, it's not really a sneak in. The six seeds five and five, and so are the Colts. I mean, their defense is playing really well so, now too. This yeah. offense is rolling. So I agree with you, Tom. I think the Colts are going to roll Miami in this game. I, I actually started them as a defense last week. They got 13 points. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, they, their defense has weirdly been able to be relied upon because they're getting pretty consistent sack numbers. Yeah. And anytime you can get four to five sacks a week, then you're going to be a fine defensive yeah. streamer. All right, I'm going to go yep, next. Five sacks last week. I'm going to go next. I'm shutting down a player on the same team as Ryan Tannehill. It's Kenyon Drake. Um, I'm pretty much over him for the year. He's way too up and down. He's not somebody that you're going to be able to trust down this stretch run unless the impossible happens and Frank Gore gets hurt. He's like, that guy. I'm really over it at this point with Kenyon Drake. He's that guy where, you know, you'll think back at the end of the year and be like, geez, they just blew his usage. Yeah, they really did. Because, like, they gave him a lion's share and he rewarded them for it last year. And Killed it. This year, nothing. And it's, oh, it's so annoying. But because of that, it's just not something that you can trust. We have two weeks left of the regular season for most leagues. This week and week 13. You can't roll Kenyon Drake out there and expect I'd good be production to play Kenyon right. Drake in a, in a like do or yeah. die type of game. Can you imagine replacing Todd Gurley or Kareem Hunt this week with Kenyon Drake? Ugh. Like who? Well, I mean, oh, because they're on bye. I was yeah. gonna say, well, who in their mind would do that anyway? <laughs> Agreed. But like, I mean, that's that's unfortunately gonna be the case. And if 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 you're one of those people, I'm so sorry. God bless you. You're Go in Kenyon trouble. Drake. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I just I'm not trusting Kenyon Drake this week. I'm not trusting him. Really, for the rest of the season, I think he's droppable, honestly. I think I'd rather have Frank Gore on my roster. I think I would be more likely to play him just because of the novelty of playing Frank Gore in his age 34 it's a Frank season. Gore, uh, it's a Frank Gore revenge game, too. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Beautiful. Good call, so, Tom. Uh, Tom. Although I don't, hate, I don't hate Kenyon Drake as much as you might in this one. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, Tom, we'll go with you, though, because I, I completely agree with yours. Yeah, this is going to be uh, a tough one, and this is a guy that I've stuck up for this year many a time. Don definitely stuck up for him in the beginning of the year, but that's LaShawn McCoy of the Buffalo Bills. He's going to be playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it hasn't been pretty for the running back against that team recently. Uh, I thought I had a stat. I cannot find it. <laughs> Great sound LeSean effects, McCoy, though. No, I mean, seriously, it's not a guy that you can trust right now. Apart from the one blow-up game, he's been um, he's been frustrating to own. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's not necessarily returning that draft value that you wanted. And, um, yeah, I don't know the stat that I was going for. If you want to cut this and we come back to it, I can find it. <laughs> um, I think we're keeping it. But I, I do agree. I think his usage is so weird that I'm just like, why did they not trade him? 
They could have got at least something in terms of draft capital for LaShawn McCoy. Maybe probably like deadline. a late conditional pick or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he is kind of. But old. like, why not? I don't understand it. Yeah, and you know they play against the Jags this week, so you'd be insane to start LaShawn yeah. McCoy, especially with how the Jags defense looked. I mean, say what you will about. Them I'd rather start Kenyon. I'd rather start Kenyon Drake over oh, LaShawn McCoy. I think I would too. You got it. Tom? It wasn't. It wasn't even a stat. It was just you see how uh, James Conner folds under the the pressure of the Jacksonville Jaguar defense, and you think you can roll LeSean McCoy out, then you're sadly mistaken, yeah. right? Because they do a lot of the same things. They're bruisers, but they're quick, and they can catch the ball, and Conner can't turn in a good performance. What makes you think that you can trust LeSean McCoy? I'm still shocked that, was... that Conner had a bad game. Yeah, me too. You know, he's still trying to, like, recover. His brain was flirty. He's like, wait, was it Conner? No, there's no way Conner had a bad game. He never has a bad game. <laughs> I, I didn't think it find... was allowed. Yeah, well, he'll bounce back this week, Connor. He gets Denver, yeah. so I think that'll be a nice nice spot for him. Tom, that was definitely worth the wait, by the way. <laughs> Scott, will go <laughs> to your you. shutdown running back. <laughs> I'm going with Jalen Richard. Uh, this has been a guy that I've beat the drum on basically the entire year, especially for full PPR leagues, but this guy has not scored a touchdown yet. So it's pretty ugly for him. He's getting that double, you know, that low double digit number in full point PPR. And as it turns out, Doug Martin's injury isn't really much of one. John oh. Gruden was just Grudening once again oh. and saying, you know, I wanted to see uh, DeAndre Washington. You know, I wanted to give him some looks. And he's going to get looks moving forward is what he said. So now you're looking at a three-headed monster. All three players have, you know, they, they don't really have a defined role because this offense is in disarray. It's more of a your-turn rotation than an actual plan. And it all spells badly for Jalen Richard, who faces a Ravens defense that swallows running backs for breakfast. Yeah. 19 rushing yards allowed to Joe Mixon last week. Mm. They have just been killing it. They allow, on average, only four catches for 25 yards per game to the position. That's like right around what Mixon had, too. Absolutely. That's crazy. It just spells a lot of trouble. And once again, Jalen Richard still has not scored a touchdown Ugh. the entire season. Don't get cute with him thinking he'll get more touches. It seems like he might even get less. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. I it, doesn't it seem like he should have scored by now, though? Yes, because he's been so involved. The problem he's... is the Raiders don't score. Yeah. That's really it, and especially through the air. So he hasn't been – because that's how he makes his uh, his keep over there. He, he's getting the short little screens and stuff like that. So uh, that stuff has not been converted for them, and, you know, he's the one who does it. So I'm, I'm not shocked, but it does suck. Yeah, for sure, because he's on the, the Raiders field suck. so much. Like, he – he has such a high snap share that yeah. you'd think, like, okay, I'll put him on the field and eventually he'll score. I really don't think that's the case. Right. Uh, we'll go now to wide receivers. And, Scott, you got a year-long shutdown here. Yeah, I'm shutting down Devin Funches for the year. This is one of my guys. But... I'm curious about this. So I was going to uh, just go ahead and shut him down for this week, but – now I'm thinking, why stop there? And here's my true fear, Tom. It's that he's not dynamic enough to warrant getting schemed into these big plays that you see DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel hitting now with regularity that they're healthy. So they're getting these prime premium wide receiver targets that are yielding these huge returns, hitting these big plays, scoring these touchdowns. And even in the short to you know intermediate range of the field, you still have Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey, two dynamic players in their own right and matchup threats in their own right. There's just I think he's I think Funchess is just the odd man out at this point. Since week seven, he hasn't scored a touchdown or gone over 50 yards in a game, Ugh. and that's when nice. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Greg Olson all became really fully healthy and fully involved in this offense. So it all spells trouble for him. I wouldn't start him this week. I don't think I'd start him again for the year. I Wow. It's going to be There tough. are some good matchups looking forward, though. That's the, that's the scary part. I know, but the, and, the, and he does get targets. But, you know, unless he gets an end zone target, he's not going to score. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the 50-yard touchdown is so Curtis Samuel can take an end around. He can take deep balls. You know, I think I'd rather play these guys and take these shots than play Funches. I agree. Yeah. I, I can. I understand it. I got you. Tom, I'm actually curious about yours. You're shutting down Deshaun Jackson against what I thought would be a pretty good matchup for him. Well, here's the thing. You know, uh, it goes back to now that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the quarterback. Deshaun Jackson actually did out-target Chris Godwin last week. But Chris Godwin is basically a game-time decision. I expect him to see more targets than Deshaun Jackson going forward as he's the preferred deep ball target of um, Jameis Winston. Okay. And, you know, last time Jameis was back in the field, 
Deshaun Jackson was demanding a trade, right? So like th- this is not the offense that gets Deshaun Jackson excited in this form. And I actually expect now that Chris Godwin is a little bit healthier that he takes over that role a little bit more solidified because why would the team commit to Deshaun Jackson down the stretch in you know what is seeming like a lost year uh, to someone that they I don't really have like much of a commitment to? Trade request, Tom. Yeah, and th- they're important. gonna they're gonna stick with they're gonna stick with Chris Godwin because he's free. He's a rookie contract. He's so simple to own, yep. and he's workable. And you know he gets along with the the quarterback that they have right now. Who knows what the future will hold for that? But as of right now, Deshaun Jackson is the old man, the old grumpy man in the ball club, and uh, I think they're trying to change the mood, and he's not helping it. I agree. Uh, I wasn't expecting to, but I do agree. I think uh, there's a lot working against Deshaun Jackson. In his standing, well, I was Sean Jackson, man. I remember when he was a rookie. Now he's an old grumpy man yeah. in the locker room. So weird. We're old. <laughs> uh, I'm going with a rookie, actually. I'm going with Christian Kirk. I just don't think with the Cardinals playing against, um, I forgot. The I just Chargers. know that the, yeah, the Chargers that that second, the Chargers secondary is no joke. I think Rosen's gonna have trouble, especially because this is gonna be Joey Bosa's second game back. And Rosen's horrible. And Rosen's, you know, not very good, especially against <laughs> pressure, which the Chargers should get a lot more of with Joey Bosa back in the game. I think this could end up being a big David week because the Chargers have been really giving it up on the ground pretty quietly over the past few weeks. Yep. And, you know, it's just it's not a week for Christian Kirk for me. I think the safety valve guy is probably gonna be Larry Fitzgerald, and that's probably all that's gonna be working for Josh Rosen this week. And that might not even work either. It probably won't. <laughs> They've been pretty rough. Now that I've said so it. Far. I mean, and, uh, you know, Kirk's getting targets, so I think some people might be interested in him, but I agree with you. Leave him on the sideline. The Chargers D backs are too good. I wouldn't start, I, yeah. I wouldn't be excited to start any receiver against them unless it's like Tyree Kill. Going to be a lot of turnover pictures in that Chargers game, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Kirk is still uh, a risky play. I mean, last week he has a good game, but he had a great matchup. The week prior versus Kansas City, which you would consider a good matchup, he gets less than 10 yards. So I understand the shutdown, and I like it coming off of a big game to kind of temper the expectation of Christian Kirk. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with it for tight end because I'm shutting down Jared Cook. If he's not going to be on the field for an extended amount of time, then why would you play him? The Raiders are terrible. They're. It seems like they just want to get rid of him. At the end of this year, he doesn't play enough, and it just—I'm not getting good vibes from this at Gruden's all. starting to piss the me Ravens off. are a good tight end matchup. Um, Gruden's going like too open, you know, like all right, every, like we're losing everyone play. Like let Jared Cook have a good year and try and get some value for him. Like he's balling out every chance you give him. Keep giving him and that share. And the, his only problem is you're not giving him enough chances, and they're not doing it. So when they face a team, you know, that has a good pass rush or something like that, like. The, the Raiders have shown their offensive line can just literally crumble at the yeah. pieces. Now they face Baltimore. Yeah. I agree with you. I, w- I have no interest in Jared Cook. He's going to get phased out of this game. Yeah, for sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders get shut out. Ooh, I like it, Tom. That's a good call. I like it. Uh, I'm not kidding, though. I went first because the two of you are shutting down guys on Thanksgiving. Again, sacrilegious, but I'll let you two decide who's going first. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, oh, sorry, but I'll go. <laughs> go ahead, Tom. We can't. We can't. We can't bicker over Skype like this with the with the small delay. It could. It could take forever. Uh, I'm gonna shut down Jordan Reed. He's playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Tom, Cowboys. Do you go? Been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they've been good against the tight end, and uh, when Sean Lee's playing, it's a different story versus the tight end, and he hasn't been completely healthy for his whole career but even through this season Dallas Cowboys are only averaging five receptions 55 yards to the position as a whole and less than one half of a touchdown if you average it out so 0.4 touchdowns a game you're looking at worse than a coin flip and you're looking at a coin flip uh market share with Jordan Reed and uh Vernon Davis so what I would expect is Jordan Reed to disappoint once again. He has two touchdowns on the year, one last week, one week one. So, in my opinion, what's the most likely course of action? He's done Jordan for the Reed year. not finding the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He won't score another touchdown for the rest of the year, right, Tom? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, maybe. I think this game is actually going to be the you know the clunker of uh, of the Thanksgiving games, just because both defenses are pretty good. So I wouldn't be really too excited to start anyone besides you know like the studs like Zeke. And how lucky are we that this is the game that is going to be going on while everybody's eating? 
Yeah, this is a good. You know, you'll miss game. at least a half of this game because you're eating things. Hopefully dinner. Zeke is eating too. So here's, yeah. yeah, so here's what you got to do if you're just trying to miss the whole thing. You pig out right in the first quarter, and then you hit that tryptophan nap in the nap. second half. Yep. And then you're just awake and ready for the for the later game, which I think will be the much better one. Analysis you will find nowhere else. <laughs> uh, Scott, we'll go to yours now. This was going to be my plum pick until I saw the matchup. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hooper has been an every week starter since his explosion. Back in week five, um, he's just a part of an offense that generally scores a lot, throws a lot. So week to week, there's not really much to fear as he's seen at least eight targets in every game but two since week five. But I think that we need to be very afraid of Hooper's prospects as the matchup is basically as tough as you can get. Um, Also, Calvin Ridley went crazy in this game, so I feel like the Falcons would be foolish not to at least give him another chance to do that. Uh, The Saints are coming off maybe the best performance uh, against any tight end in the league so far completely blanking basically Zach Ertz after a 14 catch two touchdown performance and uh here's the big number for you Don the only team to have the tight end position the whole position score over 10 fantasy points against the New Orleans Saints this year was the Rams wow not even the Bucks week one nobody nobody else has gone over 10 fantasy points and keep this in mind, Ryan, Fitz, or Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Ryan threw for 374 yards and five touchdowns in the first meeting. Austin Hooper caught three balls for 23 yards and a two-point conversion in that game. Even when he's going absolutely ballistic, there's a chance that Hooper gets shut out and the matchup is not there. Yeah. I agree. Um, like I said, I was going to plum pick him because I just – And I, I get why you'd still put him in your lineup too yeah. be just because he's been good and the tight end position is so bad, but I really think, the matchup is not there. I think season long I'd rather roll the dice with Hooper than like put my hands into the dirt and like dig for hopefully something from the tight end pool I understand in that. free agency right now. Depends what's out there. You know, there's, yeah. there's some gems out there in Cameron most Brait. leagues. Cameron Brait. Jinx. Now what? Can anybody talk? <laughs> no, now we just continue. Oh. <laughs> Don, you're the only one. You're the only one in the world who honors that past the age of 12. <laughs> rules are rules, Tom. I think, I think 12's given it a couple years. Fair enough. <laughs> My mental age. I did the BuzzFeed survey. 14. Yeah. Nice. Sounds about right. On. Great. Year. <laughs> uh, plum picks. I can feel it down in my plums. Speaking of 14-year-old jokes. One that we can never stop laughing at. <laughs> is it? It's probably close to 14 years by now, right? What Eastbound and Down? Yeah. No way. No. No. Yeah, I bet. That would have been. It came out in 2004. I don't, I don't know. know. Probably. That's no not way. impossible. Quarterbacks. Yeah. Scott, the Ruts boy himself. Shall we begin, fellas? Yes. <laughs> we did not. I, I did cut us off a little too short on the Lamar Jackson praise. Yeah, and I mean, dude, he got he got 15 points last week and he didn't score a single touchdown. Uh, he finished as QB 13 last week, and again, he did not score a touchdown at all. And now he plays the Oakland Raiders, who have allowed at least two touchdowns to an opposing quarterback every single week since week two. So, I mean, he was a borderline quarterback one without a touchdown. And I even if his runs go down, like Tom alluded to in the uh, recap episode, and I tend to agree with him, he's not going to run the ball 27 times in this game. I think maybe 10 runs against Oakland might yield 100 yards again, though. And But that also just ups his attempts. Right, his passing attempts, and it gives him more of a exactly. chance to get, to get yards through the air, maybe throw a touchdown against this depleted and awful secondary. I mean, this is a matchup made in heaven there's not a lot of film on Lamar Jackson. There's not really much to do besides roll your defense out there and see what happens. And in those types of games, you know, Lamar Jackson, I think, especially with Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff on by, he could finish as QB one this week. Yes. Yes. I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's, he's a God. Awesome. Quarter I agree. And I mean, he didn't score. You watch him in preseason. It's not like he was passing inept, right? It wasn't that he was he running a weird offense. Yeah, they had him running a pretty standard offense in preseason. They didn't show their hand too much. He was actually just playing good old-fashioned quarterback and scoring on defenses. And right now you can say, yeah, he was playing against maybe second, third teamers. I don't think Oakland constitutes a first team <laughs> defense. They sure don't. So, they uh, don't get first team love. Yeah, so I think we're good to go with Lamar Jackson this week. Yeah. 
I'm really excited for yes. him. Obviously, we've been excited for him all year. But I think this is, you know, this is the highlight game. Yes. This is where I hope we get, you know, what we expect to see for years to come yes. of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yes. and he had a tune-up beforehand, too. Yeah, he gets a nice warm-up game against the Bengals, and now he gets a cupcake to just go crush it. And then he gets another, and another, and another, <laughs> and another, and then he's won you a champion. <laughs> oh, please. Joe Flacco, stay I home. Mean, yeah, right. Uh, uh, Tom, we'll go to you because you have a phenomenal deal in terms of <laughs> yeah, your this, plum pick. This deal doesn't get much better. You look on DraftKings, uh, they've got Nick Mullins priced semi-appropriately you look on FanDuel they've got him egregiously low uh, I'm talking six thousand dollars he's the same price as Christian Hackenberg he's the same price as Josh Dobbs. Hackenberg yes he's in the mess oh of backup God. quarterbacks he's cheaper than everyone he's cheaper than uh let's say he's six hundred dollars cheaper than Darnold Rosen Carr even Osweiler who's not playing um He's playing wow. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on top of this as if you needed any more ammunition to play this guy in a daily lineup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on average, are letting up – that's my stat 29. for the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're letting up two and a half uh, passing touchdowns a game and close to 300 yards. That is a completely streamable option. Um, at this point in the season, they've been horrible against the tight end, especially George Kittle should be back in the lineup. I fear for my life that I have to play against him in some leagues this week. Um, Marquise Goodwin should be back in the lineup. They all had a buy. They're coming off a buy. He's priced at $6,000. He's playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a steal. If you're playing FanDuel and you're not playing Nick Mullins, um, I don't know. You have to make another lineup in the don't same contest. Don't talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> that went, it's going to be tough for me to avoid him too. That is just way too cheap, and the matchup is there. That's yeah. that's perfect, Tom. That's good. That's good research. You know, I didn't even I didn't even realize that. And now we do. Yeah, yeah. we're in there. Uh, my quarterback is Colt McCoy. Yes. He plays on Thanksgiving, and uh, why not? You know, he uh, he looked pretty good. A full this four is all days plums. of controlling the of uh, <laughs> of calling the offense. I think he I he's going to be good to go against the Cowboys, who could definitely have. They've had some weeks where they've been exposed, and not a lot of film on Colt McCoy to kind of go along with the uh, with the Lamar Jackson thing. He's sixty five hundred, so I can't come out here and say you know that he's the guy that you have to play because Nick Mullins against the Bucks obviously presents. I like it an in a Thanksgiving Day advantage. only quarterback. Absolutely, that was a cheap option who yeah. had thirty five rushing yards in a half a yeah. game last week. So. The uh, the winning Thanksgiving lineup for this week has to include Alvin Kamara, and how can you afford a guy like Alvin Kamara and possibly some other very intriguing options this week? You play Colt McCoy as your quarterback for Thanksgiving only. And like that's where – that's where I'm – this one is definitely more DFS leaning. I think the rest of mine, I would definitely roll with my plum picks in season long as well. But this one in particular is like I, I want to make a lineup just so I could do this. Yeah. Like that's how <laughs> yeah. excited I am about Colt McCoy. Even I, though I, I brought Texas. mine up in the DFS – even though I brought mine up in the DFS vein, I, I could see a world where I start Nick Mullins in a redraft oh, league too. this week. Me it, too. Yeah, if it's a deep league, you're you're stricken by buys and you know people like to own two or three quarterbacks and you got to go to the Nick Mullins well, um, I think you're actually in luck. Yeah, agreed. All right, uh, let's go to running backs now. Uh, Tom, your boy all year. Yeah, Philip Lindsay. Um, he gets so this doesn't disrespected look like... with the Yahoo projections, and I know that they don't matter, but I just wanted to get this out there into the world. Like, Philip Lindsay is almost a guarantee to outscore his Yahoo projection every single week. <laughs> it really is upsetting yeah, sh- to me how disrespectful. They should be gambling is. on that. Yeah. They should. All right, so fun. here's here's a rundown for my boy Philip Lindsay this week. Um, you know, he has a great he comes off a great week on Sunday. Um, he gets the red zone work. He scores from a long way out. We don't have to worry about Royce Freeman too much because even though he does score in the red zone, we get Philip Lindsay quarterbacking, basically, direct snap in the red zone. They're going to find ways to use him. So this week he gets Pittsburgh. Doesn't jump out to you on paper, but the Denver Broncos are home. They should play well. They have a chance to be ahead. They have a chance to be behind. It doesn't really matter for Philip Lindsay, nope. but we know that Ben Roethlisberger struggles on the road, so there's going to be some extra possessions in the hands of the Denver Broncos. Luckily for us and the Philip Lindsay Truther Brigade, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers have let up five touchdowns to the running back position. Three of the last, or sorry, in the last three weeks, five touchdowns have been let up to the running back position. Two of them through the air. 
So that screams Philip Lindsay it for does. me, and it screams there might even be enough room for Royce Freeman to bother us, and it won't even matter. Uh, Just like in the last, last week. Yeah. In Most annoying four player of in the, the last five, In <laughs> four of the last five weeks, they've let up 100 yards total to the position, which also screams Philip Lindsay. So I am screaming Philip Lindsay for everyone. There's no reason to sit him. I think he's actually a pay-up for him week. I think he's a guy who, you know, Don talks about how he gets disrespected on projections. He's usually very affordable in daily fantasy. He's a guy, if you played him last week, I mean, he probably would have made you some serious cash. Yeah. So I don't mean to chase the numbers, but I think the numbers tell the story that he's useful again this week. Absolutely. I think he can be your RB2 for the rest of the year, no problem. And really, we could have made this conclusion, or I should have made this conclusion weeks ago. I've really fallen in love with Philip Lindsay over Me the too. last couple of weeks. If you haven't figured it out, he's awesome. He's such he's one of the greatest stories of the year. Yeah, he's. A, it, oh I mean, yeah, and we would be talking about mention, him so much more if it wasn't for James Conner. Yeah, not sure. to mention it's a, he's a hometown boy playing in front of the hometown crowd, and uh, the stats have shown that he does play really well in yeah. Denver. Just go visit those first few games of the season where they had a little home stretch, and he became the uh, the hero that he is now. There you go. Uh, Scott, we'll go to you for plum picking a running back. I was trying to get in like a uh, – I was trying to combine like the Bane quote with the darkness, with the altitude of <laughs> Philip Lindsay. <laughs> so, Don, you I was born at the altitude. I'll, you work yeah. on that, Don. I'll put that in your mind. And I'll go ahead and plum pick Matt Breida. He's been surviving from a physical standpoint and thriving in your fantasy teams this year. He racks up 20 touches against the Giants last week, 132 yards and two scores. The important thing there is the touch mark, where I think he will sit around 20 touches a game as the year goes on, on a team that fe- that features, uh, in all fairness to him, we do like Nick Mullins this week, he is a practice squad quarterback and a backup hey <laughs> running back of Alfred Morris, who Breida has just completely dominated this year, uh, now that Brita is healthy-ish coming out of the bye, he gets the Bucks. Ish. The, I mean, who can knows? he really ever be fully healthy? Yeah, Good I don't point. know if he's ever fully healthy. But the Bucks have allowed 17 total touchdowns to the position yeah. this year. They're so bad. They might be one of the worst defenses we'll ever see. Yeah. And, you know, I think all that game script, matchup, recent play and health, opportunity, everything is pointing in the direction of Matt Breida this week. I think he's got a path to be to finish as a, not the RB1, but inside the top 10 running backs this week. Well, perhaps he was wondering why someone would give the ball to Royce Freeman when they could give the ball to <laughs> Philip Lindsay instead. <laughs> I went in a bit of a different direction for that Bane quote. Yeah, a little bit, but that's yeah, sound okay. We got yeah, you. it was good. It was I don't good. have to cut that. No, it sounds good to no. me. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, I love Matt Breida this week. This matchup could not be any better for him. He gets a week off. With his ankle. Like, it should be as good as it's going to be all year. And he the gets the dream the matchup. They just got absolutely eviscerated by Saquon Barkley. And I'm not saying Matt Breed is on a Saquon Barkley level. He can do some similar things. He's going to get the opportunity. He can do damage out of the backfield. This could end up being a game that the Niners control with how bad that defense has been. Yes. Tampa Bay going to San Francisco. They're going cross country after yet another quarterback change. A lot going against this team. A lot working in the right direction for Matt Breed. I'm all in on it. I love him this week. My Thanksgiving plus. I love him this week too. I I was like between, I texted you guys in the group earlier today and was like, Cohen or Brita? And Tom was like, dude, Brita, are you kidding? You have to play Brita this week. (laughs) And then I thought about it and was like, oh yeah, you do have to play Brita this week. So if you have him, the Brita shower is on. I mean, I was, I gotta be honest. Like what I saw from the Giants game, the way that they were using him and the way that like, because that was really Nick Mullins' first official week as their starter. Right, and the way the that he was used, I was like, there's no reason he can't be a running back, too, for the rest of the season if they're going to use him fringe, like that. And they should. one, I bet. Oh, for sure. Uh, and he, I think he put up 26 points in that Giants game, that, and then everybody forgot about it because it was the Monday night, and then they had their bye. Well, now no one will yeah. forget about Matt Not me. after this week. The running back. He has saved. He's single-handedly saved one of my teams. I will never forget his his uh, his oh, valor. Oh wow, he's at the, the he's at that level for you, huh? I, I'm smitten by Breida this we year. We got it. One of the one of the new awards has to be like the Medal of Valor. Breida or Philip Lindsay, Tom. Ooh. It's too soon. <laughs> I guess we so. got to see how the I'll year plays what, out. I'll tell you what, Tom. If you uh, if you end up taking. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I will take Brita for the Medal of Valor for this year. And then, Scott, you'll just probably take Connor, and then we'll be good to go. I love Connor. Uh, 
Theo Riddick is my plum pick running back. Plays the first game on Thanksgiving. Carry on Johnson ain't playing in this game. I got news for you. They know that they have him on a rookie deal. They can really build some pieces around him. They got to keep him out of this game. The Bears defense is going to chew him up. Even if Carrion plays, though, I think the game script goes in such a way that Theo Riddick is going to be the best option. They just saw that the Bears defense, not even just Khalil Mack, the Bears defense had their way with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. What is a good way for the Lions to counter that? Pass Quick short. throws to Theo Riddick and, they're, and Bruce Ellington. I was even considering plum picking him. I like that. They got to get the ball out of Stafford's hands quick, get the ball into their playmaker's hands. I think Theo Riddick is the best way to do that. And one of the reasons I think the Vikings lost the Bears is they don't have a guy out of the backfield like Theo Riddick. And that might be where the Lions can turn the tide in this game better than the Vikings could on Sunday night. I really like Theo Riddick. And it, like, I probably would have plum picked him even if he wasn't like if this was just a regular Thursday but night game, I think I still boost, would have plumbed Obviously, it. and then yeah, of makes course, him a lock. Like I'm gonna be eating appetizers while he's scoring his third touchdown <laughs> in the second quarter. Oh my you know? god, that's <laughs> that's a bit bold. I'm but... just checking to make sure that you guys are paying attention. Oh yeah, we are. But you know, he could have a nice PPR day. He's he's been turning them yeah. in game, game after game since he's come yeah. back off injury. This is a, a great game script for him. And I did mention it before, so I'll just keep it in this section, and then I don't have to bring it up again. Alvin Kamara needs to be in your daily lineups if you're doing a Thanksgiving only. Last time he played the Falcons, 15 catches and two touchdowns. No one likes when the Lions are losing more than Theo Riddick. Yeah, no one. And of course, <laughs> that means he gets to play. And, of course, fantasy football players, because that just means that Stafford's going to throw the ball 70 times a game. Yes. Uh, we will move on to receivers. Tom, ride with me. You got <laughs> yeah. a Thanksgiving guy. Yeah, it's Calvin Ridley. I mean – the, it goes back to show, you know, how Scott brings up uh, Austin Hooper's performance in the first time that these teams met. I got to bring up Calvin Ridley's um, oh, baby. R- one rushing attempt for nine yards, eight targets, seven receptions, 146 receiving yards, and uh, count them, three the receiving trick. touchdowns versus the New Orleans Saints. So it goes back to show, like, kind of on the other episode this week where I was saying maybe I do prefer DJ Moore going forward since I think Devin Funches will get the uh, the banner coverage from guys like Trufant. So here you go. The banner coverage is going to go to Julio Jones and – the spoils will go to Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is poised to have a great game. If you have him on your team and you have him in starting contention, I mean, when are you going to play him if not in this game? It's a perfect game for him, and uh, these two teams always do battle. Smash the over. That's what I would say. I don't know if we've mentioned this, but Marshawn Lattimore has been shadowing more recently because the Eli Apple acquisition from the Saints actually worked out pretty well for them so far. Yeah. Um, so that is something to monitor, especially now that because we talked about this, like, we might need to start giving the Saints defense a little bit more respect. For sure. I think this is the this is like the final boss of that of that take for us because if they can do this what they did to the Bengals and the and uh, the Eagles to the Falcons, a team yeah. that's not only desperate but a better offense than those I other two teams. I wouldn't expect them to just, you know, dump yeah. all over the Falcons offense. This is still a great offense and yeah. you know, getting back to Tom's plump pick, you have to play Calvin Ridley. I mean, you rostered him because of how well he played in this game. Yeah. And if you've held him this long, you know, this is the time. If you're not going to play him, you might as well drop him. Yes. Because there's teams that are desperate enough that they will pick him up and start him. Well, Actually, don't, don't drop, drop him because he's going to go to waivers. Don't drop him yet. Wait. Yeah. Drop uh, him on Saturday night. Right. They could drop him. If you claim him on waivers, he it can't play. It depends on your league. I guess you're right. I'm sorry. Um, I, my plum pick wide receiver for Thanksgiving is the same game. I'm going with Traquan Smith's heater because I think it started. I think, obviously, the targetless bagel was game, game script dependent. Yeah. Um, Teams are double-teaming Michael Thomas a lot more often now. As they should I be. think the Falcons are going to try to do some of that, but because of that, that's going to be a first half full of opportunity for Traquan Smith. And if he gets that, you saw what he can do with it. Yeah. Against a defense that was in better shape than the than the Falcons, probably the only defense that's in worse shape than the Eagles' defense is the Falcons' defense. Yeah. So if Traquan Smith's going to do that to the Eagles, there's nothing stopping him from doing that to the Falcons. And I'm not saying I don't trust Michael Thomas, by the way. He's going to be just fine. Yeah. Like, you can double-team him all you want. Like, Drew Brees is still his quarterback. He's going to be fine. And I could go on and on and on about the Saints because I love them this year. Uh, but I'm, I'm yeah, interested in Traquan Smith Yeah, people don't need again. to worry about Michael Thomas, but they also know that. I think that they should be excited for Traquan Smith this week and for really the rest of the season because of the, you know, the just this offense and how great it is. Just being a part of it gives you a chance to get 10 I might start them both like in the league. Why not? Yeah. Thanksgiving. I really think Live that it up. I really think that that's not the worst call I, you know you could have. I mean, yeah. 
you're going to you'd start the, Julio and Calvin Ridley in a like league. Like Tom said, slam the over. You know, this is yeah. going to be a high scoring game. So oh, why yeah. not throw you know your hat yeah. in the ring? Yeah, and Traquan Smith still on the cheaper side of the wide receiver pool. He could be another guy that helps you afford some of these mega studs who we think are going to ball out. Uh, Scott, you did not pick a Thanksgiving guy, so I should say thank you to that uh, because <laughs> gave you some more we options. didn't want to have all three guy, all three of our plum picks done playing by the end of the day on Thursday. So yeah. uh, who do you have? I'm going with Jarvis. Um, I think he's been really frustrating you know, yes. as the year has gone on. And uh, I think a lot of people at this point are like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to bench him. You know, he hasn't been that good. He's not really scoring touchdowns and, and yada, yada, yada. But And really, he, you know, he only has two touchdowns this year. He hasn't scored since week seven. His, his last big game was against Tampa Bay. But, you know, this week he gets a Tampa Bay-level defense with the Bengals, who have allowed the six most fantasy points to the position and have allowed at least 25 full PPR fantasy points to the position in every single week but one which was last week where Lamar right. Jackson ran the ball 30 times. Oh, yeah. So Jarvis is still a target hog. He's seen at least seven targets in every game but one this season. And I really think that this could be a game where he scores. You know, this is just my personal thought that if he is playing against this defense, they've allowed this much points to the wide receiver position. Who is Baker really going to throw to? I don't think Rashard Higgins is going to have this monster game all the right. time. Or Callaway. One of these weeks is going to be Jarvis. I think it will be this week. Okay. Tom. What do you think? I, I hate Jarvis Landry, but um, you're not wrong. I mean, the problem is, is just I think I kind of view him almost the same way as Doug Baldwin, where it's like, if you gotta play him, I get it. But yeah, if yeah. you got somebody else that like you know has a pretty decent matchup and you want to bench him, I also get that. Um, we don't you know press the save lineup button for you, but we're giving you some uh, some guided advice. And there's leagues where I'm taking the shot on Doug Baldwin, and there's times if I had Jarvis Landry where I'd be taking the shot on him this week too. All right, we move on now to tight ends. I'll get mine out of the way because it's another player in the Saints-Falcons game. It's Ben Watson. Atlanta's been gashed by the tight ends. Ben Watson remains involved, and it's Thanksgiving. Like, I feel like the Saints, I'm kind of calling my shot way too deep here, but I could see Taysom Hill throwing Ben Watson a touchdown in this game. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know why, but, like, <laughs> it just popped in my head, and I was like, this is stupid enough that people will find it interesting. Maybe. Like, maybe he will. Like I, I feel like Ben Watson is a really good option regardless of who throws the ball to him because it's the Falcons. Like, they're terrible. They have no one who covers tight ends anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, like like we've been saying, you know, this is a game where it's going to be a ton of points. And if you can put a tight end in or a receiver like Calvin Ridley or Traquan Smith, you know, Throw them in this game. If you're desperate at tight end, go ahead and throw in Ben Watson because he's going to get opportunity. He stays on the field basically every snap for them. Right. Cool. Uh, yeah, Tom, I guess so. <laughs> Tom, we'll go to you. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Ed Dixon versus Carolina. I'm going back to the old theory that the second tight end should score oh, versus Carolina. Yes. According to the Daily Fantasy uh, applications out there, Dixon is the number two to Nick Vanette. Dixon does score at a crucial point last year in a tough or last year last week in a tough matchup for the tight end versus the Green Bay Packers and uh, this is one of those pseudo tough matchups because they've got one good coverage guy but apparently they blow it week in and week out so I'm expecting Dixon to be the guy who scores for you in DraftKings he is $2,600 if you want to uh, you know reduce some risk you can go with Nick Vanette for $2,700. Wowzers. Wowzers is right. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the risk against against Carolina. Yeah. I played sure. Luke but Wilson just saying, in my DraftKings last week. It didn't work out too well. <laughs> well, Carolina's still, uh, still the number one team against the tight end as far as uh, letting up the most points. So it's always worth mentioning, although it has been a tricky route to get there. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Especially if they, they allowed one catch for 13 yards to the position last week, and they're still in first. That shows how bad they've been. Yes. Uh. Scotty, we'll go to you. I'm going with Janu Smith. Um, yes, the heater. I, th I think this is a guy that we kind of expected to break out a little sooner once Delaney Walker got Definitely. Hurt. You know, we thought that he was going to be a guy who jumped onto the scene and was just getting targeted like crazy and killing it. But after the bye, he scored two of the weeks. The other week, he caught six passes on eight targets. That last week was with Gabbert and Mariota both in and out of the lineup. So, you know, if either plays, he should probably retain a nice target share. And the Titans will likely be needing to throw facing a Houston team that has won seven straight games. And it looks like Mariota is going to be the one throwing to him. Uh, since week nine, Johnny Smith, tight end six in half point PPR. So you could be doing a lot worse. And Absolutely. Let's not forget that Houston 
over the last two weeks has allowed 18 receptions for 198 yards and two touchdowns to the position. Those were the main beneficiaries of those numbers were Jordan Reed and Jeff Hurman, showing that it's a more of a positional threat trend than like they just got burned by Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey. You know, they're actually struggling against the position. So I think it's a really nice week for Johnny Smith, regardless of who plays quarterback. I agree. I think that's a great call. Um, Johnny Smith, I mean, we've, we've really uh, taken a liking to him over the last few weeks and so let's put our money where our mouth is on monday night yeah i mean he's been, like i like we've said he's been playing well yeah. his targets are, are trending in the right direction and uh and you can do much much worse oh yeah yeah all right so uh let's get into it let's run down the slate we've got uh los angeles and kansas city on by ouch um bears Just, they need to rest yeah. after that week yeah for those sure. defenses a need a breather what a game <laughs> i mean that's one of the best josh reynolds uh should be owned yes i know we brought that up but uh, it was really obvious yeah quite clear now uh bears lions is the is at noon or sorry uh 12 30 <laughs> and uh there, this is a big injury concern game thank goodness it's the it's the earliest yeah game. i mean we've we've already covered uh, the heck yeah. out of this we've game. covered the heck out of basically all of it uh trubisky questionable marvin jones questionable looking like doubtful carry on look questionable looking like doubtful they're not gonna play you know um anthony miller i think even was on the report um he should be Allen good to go. Robinson, i really always questionable. like him in a thanksgiving dfs yeah this was anthony miller's you know true breakout game he had 100 yards and a touchdown against yeah. them just two weeks ago he's been really playing well so i think he's a great dfs play he's a he's a good yeah. start in just your redraft leagues <laughs> right. if you need somebody at receiver uh washington dallas i didn't plum pick adrian peterson because you should you should know that you should be playing him at this point but i th- i like i like him a lot in this game I really think he's going to play well, show out they on Thanksgiving. He, he's done this before. Like, he played against the Lions when he was a Viking and just absolutely destroyed them. And so it would be really nice to see that once again. Tom, and does Zeke come back against the Redskins this time? Yeah, I hope so. You know, last year Zeke had that really, really long receiving touchdown oh, yeah. and uh, really made his day for fantasy. So I'm hoping that they can go back to that arsenal, open it up for him again. I know that he struggled uh, last time these two teams played each other. But they have been working him into the passing game. So I actually am kind of joking but kind of serious that I hope that they really look to him in the passing game this week so that they can kind of break the something's got to give matchup here. Yeah. Um, Falcons Saints. This is not quite the level of Rams Chiefs. But if you have anybody in this game in your your starting lineup, good for you. Just enjoy enjoy it because – there's going to be points all over the board. It's not going to get up to the 54-51 classic that we got on Monday night, but this is ga- this is a game that's going to be in the high 30s. I, I think, hope so. For the winning team. God willing. Um, and the Saints can bring the points. The Falcons can bring the points. The Falcons hopefully will bring their desperation, uh, which they did not against the Browns or the Cowboys, by the way. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're just looking like a team that's tanking, basically. Yeah, they're not, uh, they're but, not playing very well. But really, everybody except Austin Hooper. Uh, is playable in this game, I think, for I sure. I mean, like I said even before, you know, I get it if you're desperate and you even want to play Hooper yeah. because of the game script, but I would be very wary of him. Yeah. I would not be wary of anybody else in the no. entire matchup. Uh, Browns, Bengals, if you've been a little disappointed in Joe Mixon's last two performances, he's about to get it all back and then some in this one. He is going to run wild on the Browns. Browns coming off their bye, but they've just been gashed by the running back, and that's not something really that you can – fix especially when you have a patient runner like joe mixon who can be utilized out of the backfield very well too yeah definitely no one's gonna bench joe mixon but they're gonna get rewarded handsomely with a big week this week i like duke johnson a lot in this game as well because his usage has really just been uh, skyrocketing since they added in uh the new uh head coach the interim head coach so i would look forward to more of duke johnson i think baker mayfield if you're desperate is a fine plug and play this week too against a Bengals uh defense that was allowing the most passing yards per game until Lamar just decided to run all over him last week. Woke up feeling pretty dangerous. Oh, I think he's going to have another dangerous week this week. I think so too. Absolutely. Uh, 40, I hope so. 49ers bucks, the bucks bringing the, Oh, actually I, I thought I actually said I had made an error before. I thought the bucks were going to California. It's actually the Niners going to Tampa Bay. Okay. Um, so that does change a little bit for me, but I they do think, stink. yeah, there's going to be a ton of points in this game too. Uh, we talked about Brita, the Niners wide receivers are interesting, but I don't know that you can trust them, especially if you're in a do or die situation this week uh, for the Bucks, 
Godwin, I think, is a fine rollout over Deshaun Jackson, especially in your daily lineups. I think he's got the higher prospects. And we mentioned Peyton Barber. This is not a scary matchup not at uh, all. against the 49ers. So, you know, pro- one of us really could have plum-picked him, too, yeah, for, for this sure. week, especially coming off of his best game of the year um, last Sunday. Definitely. And I think uh, Marquise Goodwin is worth a look here, too. He left last game pretty early, and he's had some big games under his belt. Uh, they want to use him as the wide receiver one. It looked like Nick Mullins kind of maybe preferred Pierre Garçon, which would be interesting in like a full point PPR or a DraftKings setup. But um, I hope to see Marquise Goodwin take one deep as well. Yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, it's a, you know, this is the matchup for him to do it. Also, um, Jameis Winston is another fine pickup plug and play stream. I think you know, obviously he carries some inherent risk with the chance of him getting benched, but you know, it's looking pretty bleak for Fitzpatrick. He had seven turnovers in his last two and a half games, so I bet they would stick with Jameis the, for the duration of this game, no matter how ugly it gets. But I don't envision it getting too ugly for him. It's a great matchup. Yeah, I – oh, man, I don't know. I just – this situation is so, so toxic, but the Bucks matchups are always so good right. that, like, you understand the risk, but I think if they play the way that they do when you get a full game out of one of these Bucks quarterbacks, it's worth it. Jameis Fitzpatrick combined is still QB2. That's unbelievable. Just, it's Mahomes yeah, this is, and uh, this is the second – this is the second must-do-well performance for Jameis Winston. Most people don't get this chance, so he's got to do it again. Yeah, right. He's got a second chance at life here. If he doesn't get this, he might get cut. This you is know, like it's his all fifth on the line. second chance with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, like it's all on the line for him. Jags, Bills. This is going to be a bloodbath, I think. This this is going to be an ugly one. Yeah. I'm not excited for anybody. Not no. even Leonard Fournette because they're just going to stack the box. On yeah. him, I think. I mean, Leonard will get his volume and he'll he'll be yeah. a fine start. I don't think but... there's anybody you can confidently start in this entire game. Besides Leonard. And the Jags D. Yeah. I would even start the Bills D. Yeah. Why not? Bortles. I would start the Bills D as well. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on. Lamar gets Lamar Jackson gets the Raiders. What more could Good you want? Night, Must see television. Well, I didn't know. The quarterback can run now, man? <laughs> I, he put the ball in the running back's stomach. How does he still have the ball, man? <laughs> now he's running all over the field, man. How do we stop that? I like Snead too. Khalil um, Mack. That's how you stop that. Snead group. was a big, uh, you know, was a big target for Lamar Jackson. I expect that to continue. And against this team, you know, he could have a nice week. He could score a touchdown if he's going to see, you know, the eight targets that he saw last week. Yeah. Half of Lamar Jackson's attempts went to Willie Snead. So I'm actually convincing myself more and more that I like him. Yeah, for sure. I would really like to see John Brown be a little bit more involved this week for selfish reasons and for, you know, just John Brown reasons. I think he's a good talent, and I think that they would uh, they'd benefit from giving him the ball. I think they should let him uncork it a little bit, and I would love to see them do that in this soft, soft, soft matchup. We're going to be doing this show in our 40s, and, like, every once in a while <laughs> we're going to be like, remember John Brown? And, like, no one's going to know who we're talking about, but the three of us will just be like, John Brown really could have been something. Oh, and that's, like, kind of the, the obscurity that Are you shitting me? He's got a great schedule coming up. We're going to – he's going to be fine. Don't don't I you worry. So. I hope so. Because otherwise, that's kind of where he's headed. Anyway, Seahawks-Panthers. This one – I'm weirdly afraid of this game being super low scoring. And I ugly. think it's going to be a great game. But that being said, I'm not benching Cam. I'm not benching Russell Wilson. I'm not benching Doug Baldwin. I'm not benching – McCaffrey, I would definitely start DJ Moore. How about Chris uh, how Carson? He's been playing? Yes, absolutely. He's been running really well. He won the. I, how many times does he have to win the job until he actually wins the job? No, I think I think now that he's going to see 15 to 20 carries a week as long as he's healthy, and uh, you know this is the best running offense in the league, which is crazy to think that that's Seattle with how bad their line has been the past couple of years. Yeah, they did a great job, kind of you know re-identifying themselves this year. It's been really impressive. Yeah, and for this that was supposed reason, to be a rebuilding year, and they're still contending. Yeah, so you know this is a huge game for the wild card, six yeah. and four versus five and five, two prime contenders. So I think it's going to be played with a lot of intensity and uh for that reason i'm excited for it this is a great game because no matter who wins it you're going to come out being like this team can be really dangerous yeah i mean i will always think that russell wilson like whenever he makes the playoffs i think that the seahawks are going to the super bowl yeah i always think that tom had the great take no matter how many points russell wilson is down you always think he can get it back that's true he's down no matter how much time's left 
you always believe that Russell Wilson can do it. Yeah. He's a magician. Like when he's that. my fantasy quarterback and I'm down and he, they're down like two touchdowns, I'm like, all right, that's good. I'm going to get yeah. two more touchdowns from Russell Wilson. I'm going to get this. <laughs> At least. <laughs> yeah. And maybe a third because he'll get the win yeah. too. 90 I start doing the mental math. Drives. Yeah. Uh, Patriots, Jets. Who? Sorry, guys. Patriots, D. Patriots, D. They're just the Patriots. Really, uh, Darnold out of his walking boot and in street clothes for Monday's uh, walkthrough. Yeah, uh, they are coming off of their bye, so they could have had practice on. Let McCown go out there and get pounded. Don't don't expose yeah. Sammy to this to this brutal treatment that the Jets are about to get. <laughs> I love Sony Michelle this week. I like that. Yeah, I think the and, team script is going to be in his favor. And we kind he kind of hit his heater, and then they had their bye. What do we think about Josh Gordon coming into this one? Maybe just this week, uh, maybe season long. I think. How are you guys feeling about him Trump? right now? Gronk is supposed to be fully uh, ready to play in this one, so I don't think that that like harms Josh Gordon irreparably, but I think it does like squeeze him a little bit. Um, but then you think back of when like Gronk's best season ever was is when um, they had two really great tight ends. So when they can run those seam routes effectively, then they're really good. But it depends yeah. if Brady wants to go deep or Brady wants to play small ball. And lately in Brady's career, it's been a lot more small ball. So yeah, for sure, I. Josh Gordon's still a risky play, but his ceiling is is there's no ceiling. Yeah, I wouldn't be scared to start him this week personally yeah. because okay. the Jets have been getting beat. You know, he could he can really rip off some big plays. Yeah. Obviously, he's shown so. I I, I wouldn't. That's be good because I'm starting him in one of my most desperate leagues this week. Yeah, I, I think it's a fine. I think he's a fine play, even if he only sees you know five or six targets uh, yeah. against this team. He could turn it into something serious. Oh yeah. Giants Eagles. The Giants could really play spoiler if they beat the Eagles this week. I don't think they will. The I don't Eagles think they will this either. Game too bad. Um, I'm worried about Saquon this week. Weirdly, um, he went buck wild last time that they played. Right. But it was all the, that game was over five minutes into the first quarter. If yeah. you Remember, and Saquon just was you know churning up meaningless yards. Right. I, I'm thinking that this game might be a little closer this time around and maybe for that reason he doesn't go completely wild, but can always go off the rails for the Giants, which actually right. this year has meant really good things for Saquon because he yeah. just catches so many passes. Yeah, obviously the Eagles secondary is completely banged up, so I'm not going to you're obviously not sitting Odell Beckham, but this could be a big one for him. Uh maybe pay up for him in certain uh DFS settings. It's annoying. I think you could see Sorry, Tom. It's annoying that uh, you know Sterling Shepard has clunked the past couple of weeks. It, it feels like a great spot yeah. to play him, but he's tough to trust. Right. Yeah, uh, he's tough to trust. Maybe just a huge contest guy instead of a uh, 50-50 Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cardinals Chargers. The Chargers have been sneakily pretty bad against the run. They're getting a very hot David Johnson, so I think he could really explode in this game. Could be one of those games where David Johnson keeps him in. Keeps the Cardinals in the game. They have no chance if he doesn't go off. Right. I don't think. And the Chargers, I mean, they didn't play their best game, and they just got gashed on the ground I'm by buying, both Denver running backs. I am backs. buying, buying Melvin Gordon, buying him in DFS, uh, you know, across all those formats. This is the matchup for the running back this year. You know, he's been one of the best running backs in the league. And they're an not playing matchup. Eckler anymore. No, Eckler actually had, you know... He's a handcuff. That's all he is now. Yeah, he's purely Cuffing a handcuff. Season, baby. He had his best, uh, you know, he had his best week in a while last week, but st it was still less than, you know, it was like a five-point yeah. half PPR performance. I just really, I love Melvin Gordon this week. I'm paying for him, like yeah. I said before. Absolutely. You know, I can't say it enough. He should go off this week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dolphins, Colts, we talked about it. Ryan Tannehill going to start this game. Tom doesn't trust him, and quite frankly, you know Scott doesn't. Never. Um, but for the Colts, you know I mean, what I do trust? Andy Luck. Captain. Captain. Dearest mother. <laughs> the sea mammals. Oh, Captain, my Captain. For our seventh straight victory. My sidearm is true. <laughs> His sidearm is going to be so true. Does the streak continue? Does the, it go? Do we go to eight straight weeks of three tuds? I'm I'm not going to say no until it happens. How could you say no? Yeah, three tuds again. Does Xavier Howard's presence scare you off of T. Y. Hilton at all this week? Um, no. no, they play him in the slot enough that he, they can avoid they it That's around why. a bunch. And T Y is so fast. Yeah. And now, I mean, it was just what a thing of beauty to see the vintage Andrew Luck 50 yard bomb to T Y Hilton last week, hitting him perfectly in stride. No way to defend it. You know, that is, you know, that's what we've been missing. I think yeah. from Andrew Luck's game oh, yeah. that has been, 
making people say, oh, he's not back yet. That throw to me was like Andrew Luck is – I mean, I knew he was back. Yeah. But I think it you know, it puts everybody else on notice. Yeah. QB6 coming in hot. Yeah. Uh, Steelers <laughs> at Broncos. We made the Dark Knight Rises reference with uh, with the Broncos. The Steelers were in the Dark Knight Rises. Yes, that's right. So it all comes full circle. Are the Broncos going to be their bane? Uh, probably not. I think yeah. the Broncos the Broncos got their sentimental win last week against the Chargers. I think that luck runs out. The the Steelers need a, a bounce back game for their offense, and I think that they're not going to have a problem with that. Um, as long as they hand the ball to number thirty, yeah, you know they get away from him so fast. It is you know it drives you crazy. And they did this with Le'Veon too. They get away from the running game so fast in these games, and you know if they just stick to it, I think Connor would just wear these teams down, even even tough matchups like the Jags. But he gets a great matchup this week, so I expect him to take full advantage. I like Cortland Sutton this week as well. Oh yeah, I was just you know, gonna say yeah. You know it's, what's interesting about him is that he hasn't had a double digit half point PPR performance yet all season. Hashtag stats. Yeah, but. You know the targets are gonna come. I feel like for every him. week he's between seven and nine, though. The targets that's are not gonna a number come that for tanks him. you. And he's skilled enough to cash. So you yeah. know, I think that this is a week where he easily could. Right. Uh, Packers Vikings Sunday night. This is gonna be a good one. The last game these two played ended in a tie. The last one that these two played, Adam Thielen went berserk. So did Kirk Cousins. And so did Stephon Diggs. Uh, so did Devontae Adams. This is going to be, I think, a really, really fun game. Um, Randall awesome. Cobb game winning like 80-yard yeah. touchdown. Oh, no, that was a different game. No, yeah, that was a different one. Yeah. Um, that was the Bears. That was the Bears. Yeah, yeah that's, right. Um, that's right. In the Dome in Minnesota, too, so you don't have to worry about weather or anything like that. I mean, this this should be a track meet. You got you got some cojones on you if you're going to start Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Any, or Murray at yeah. this point. That was a really poor showing. I mean, in the Bears' run defense, you know, it's top notch. But yeah. he disappeared. Yeah, completely. completely. They both did. Yeah. So and, I mean, Kirk imploded too. He had some really bad turnovers. It in the was second all half. bad, and you got to think that the offense bounces back a little bit, which is why I think Dalvin Cook is worth bringing up because yeah. he could be a guy that has you know a bit of a rebound. Yep. But me personally, I think I'd be too scared to start yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I could see it being a, a fortuitous start, but I would be scared as well. Yeah. I think Latavius Murray is still probably the smartest just for the upside of a, a plunge. Tom, you talked about um, us letting everybody know when you, when they can trust MVS. How do you feel about him this week? Uh, I just got to see the injury report. But the funny thing is, is I was looking at it today and I'm like, well, you know, if he's playing the slot, then I actually like him a little bit more in this matchup because he escapes uh, Xavier Rhodes, though. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't think Xavier Rhodes can hold Devonte Adams' jockstrap, so we'll see how it goes. But um, if Cobb plays, you know what? Actually, I like MVS no matter what because if Cobb plays, then he moves outside and he escapes and he still Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah, so I, I like MVS this week no matter what. If you if you have to play him, uh, he's got my seal of approval. What's unfortunate is we're gonna like MVS every single week yep. because he's the number two receiver on the Packers. <laughs> yeah, you know, and some weeks, well, you have to weigh that in. It has like, to be. He's part got of the two equation. touchdown upside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this was the only week in which he got a serious snap share where he didn't see double digits in a full PPR format. So you know, there's really, I think you know, guys clunk. Guys have bad games. Mike Evans caught one ball three weeks ago, and nobody who owns him even remembers that. So this could be, you know, I didn't. Just a tough week for MVS, and he just bounces back strong. Yeah. I like that you bring up also, Tom that uh, Devontae Adams and Xavier Rhodes, that's not something I would be afraid of at all. I'm starting to put Devontae Adams in that class where when we talk about – The Hopkins, the Browns of the world. You know, it's not a tough matchup for Devontae Adams. There is no tough matchup for Devontae Adams. The the tough matchup is for the defense trying to stop Devontae Adams. Yes. And it does – like he's going to get the target share from Rodgers. He's really the only guy left that Rodgers trusts, especially if Cobb doesn't play. Jimmy Graham looking like a long shot to play in this one. Yeah, he ain't gonna Even play. if he does, he's not going to be very effective. Um, he might play, but he sucks, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> and he already lost, and he's already down a hand. So, yeah. uh, Titans, yeah. Texans. Do the Texans make it eight in a row? This would essentially lock up the division for I them, I think too. that they will. Um, one of the things that I always like to bring up when the Texans play the Titans is that DeAndre Hopkins owns them. destroys yeah. them. <laughs> Whoever he puts up – 
absurd numbers almost every single time. Last year, he was like the number one overall receiver, and I still plum-picked him, and he still somehow delivered on top of all of that a better performance than anyone could have expected. He caught 10 balls, two touchdowns. He could go insano in this game. And uh, And he plays so well in prime time, too. I'm not even kidding. Like I would, if I had Deshaun Watson and I was trying to decide between someone, I would start him just because of how good Hopkins has been against the Titans in the past. I mean, and he, he scored versus them in their first meeting. He scored yeah. versus them in their first meeting this year. So <laughs> uh, you've got that already baseline encouragement. Obviously, he's been on a tear. No one's stopping him on the Titans. No. But this is not a game I feel comfortable betting on. I'll tell you that. No, I don't no, know who's no. going to win. Yeah, yeah, this is a game that the Titans can definitely tighten up and, oh, yes. and hang in there. But um, I don't. I wouldn't blame you for uh, firing up QT as well. He, he got a Kiki. nice, nice target share. You know, last yeah. week it was really nice to see. Even with DT out there, you know, DT has a nice bagel for you. Yep. So kind of shows that they're just going to use him primarily. I oh, think yeah. as a decoy right. on the opposite side of the field. That's going to do it for us. Uh, this is the longest break that we'll have until the off season. Uh, so we will see everybody on Tuesday. Enjoy the football. We've been talking about it a lot. Thanksgiving is truly one of our collective favorite holidays as a show. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the time with your family. Uh, Hopefully you get this episode out of the way before Thursday so that you can enjoy that. Um, If not, you know, just like throw it on your Alexa. You know, just like just play it, play it in the background. Little background noise. Just go through the whole second season while everyone's over (laughs) and uh, get us some new fans. We are not. We are still we are not at a point yet where we're above begging for plays. No. So, so I'll just never do be it. above that. Uh, speaking of which, it's a big week for Twitter because we're doing the preview episode so early. You're going to need to be following us on Twitter at RutsFF. Scott is at WagsFF. Tom is at HillierFF. I got it right this time. Yeah. I'm at Why So Serious. The show is on Instagram, straight flexing. Woo! Woo! At RutsFF as well. You might get a picture of my first plate of Thanksgiving dinner uh, because I accidentally posted Save it on that. Save that for your own Instagram. Instead of my personal in which case you'll see it taken down very shortly after that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're, uh, we're really looking forward to it. We hope you guys are as well. For those of you who are celebrating uh, one of the holiest of fantasy football days, enjoy the games. We'll see you Tuesday. Keep scoring.